What's up? I sincerely I'm not sure how to pronounce your last name. So I think that would be like a great like first question so that I don't like stumble. How do you say your name? Oh, we say Ikhwan. <laughs> Ikhwan. Yes. Ikhwan. Yeah, you got it. So Rita Ikhwan. Rita, actually, Cause I saw my that. first name. <laughs> Hold on, let's start with the first name. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, so my first name, you spell it with a G-H. So it's G-H-I-T-A because the G-H in Arabic pronounce, is pronounced like an R. And so it, that's why it's Rita. To make it easier for people, I just write it with an R. Hmm. It's story of my life. This is, I, I would think, not have gotten to R from G-H. It's <laughs> complicated. <laughs> it's like the Facebook status, the relationship status, complicated. <laughs> mm. Fair enough. So, Rita Ikhwan. Ikhwan. There you go. You got so, it. Welcome to Bridge the Gap. This is my name is Holden Stefan Roy. Don't worry, people mix up my whole middle name all the time. Very few people get it right, even though, anyway, that's fine. Um, and so I get that, uh, but still, welcome to Bridge the Gap. This is the show where we talk to interesting people such as yourself, and um, we go through the story, you're live, and we learn about you, except this is the more political candidate version where it's like, okay, we have to behave now and uh, run, well, I, I have to behave more. You can do what you want. You're the, you're the candidate. I can be my exactly i have to be like hmm this is the candidate version uh but really the goal is like um you know the election's coming in november and uh typically when you google the people in your local city councilor tier of things there's nothing um especially if you speak english in montreal where there's even less than there would be if you spoke french um and so i was like well i can just talk to people and just you know do the whole part where i google by like creating this stuff and then later on other people can watch it and then be more informed and whatnot so that people aren't acting like there's no resources there's also ndg winning and a couple other people out there doing it for the for the neighborhood so shout out all the different english media sources there's another one too uh, I can't remember their name right now. Something like on the mic or something. I don't remember. But there's a few places that are like around, like doing the thing. So like all y'all politicians too, go hit up these English platforms and and do your side of it because they might not they might not be brave enough to to hit you up. You know, it's scary to hit up a political camp. It's not really that scary now. But it was like yo, yeah. you, you look at the person on like the campaign flyer and you're like, they're busy and stuff. <laughs> no, this is this is old school politics. This is the new generation. This is the 2021 generation. You know, just regular that. people. All right. So to get this started, we tend to go like this chronological, like through your life approach. The story of you, like it's a Wikipedia page, like blocks and stuff, just to like get a sense of who you are. So why don't you bring us back to like the super beginning of your life and you can like tell us where your life starts. Okay, of course, let's do this. So uh, my background is Moroccan. I was born in Morocco, grew up in Morocco till I was 11 years old. Then we came here with my family, Bruh. immigration. What's it like to grow up in Morocco? Like we're awesome. basically the same age awesome. as I understand it. So it's like not yeah. many people here know what that's like a lot tell us a little bit about that morocco so morocco is a beautiful country 
it's sunny, it's hot, it's, um, well, I mean, you know, uh, Morocco is all about family. It's a Muslim country, but even, I mean, it's a Muslim country, but very modern also. Um, it's very popular right now, <laughs> you know. The best Instagram pictures are taken there, you know, the beaches and all that. <laughs> Um, you can you can tell I'm a millennial, you know. <laughs> Priorities, Instagram pictures. <laughs> yeah, she plugged this stuff on. Inst she plugged this on Instagram. It's useful to have those priorities sometimes. Of course, of course, it's 2021. We have to adapt. These are the new tools that we have to work with. And so, yeah, I grew up in Morocco. With, you know how it is. It's like community. We grew up with the cousins. Uh, we, when we travel, it's all of us together. You know, five cars following each other to the same like camping or anything. So I really had a very happy childhood. I have the best memories there. I still go back every year, except this summer, last summer, because of COVID, obviously. And um, yeah, very great uh, memories I have. That's awesome. So what brings you to Canada? Or do you come to Canada or do you go somewhere else, actually? That was an assumption. No, uh, we came straight to, to Canada. My family had done the immigration and uh, we got accepted to come to Canada just because uh, my dad has a, is an engineer. He, he um, studied in France back in like the 70s and worked in Morocco. And we had a good situation in Morocco. But unfortunately, there's a lot of, you know, uh, social injustice and you know it's all about where do you want your kids to grow up and what type of society you know you want them to know that they have rights that they have responsibilities and that's why my dad that those are the main reason why my dad chose Canada just because he wanted us to grow up in a society where you have options and uh, not that Morocco doesn't have these options but it's just more obvious here in Canada right so he wanted us to have like a good life so we immigrated here and i came here i was 11 straight to Dinesh, queen mary <laughs> queen mary, in front of the geriatric hospital that's that was the the first apartment where we we came so we were straight up in Dinesh. and i went to school there then i went i worked in Dinesh. Wow. where did you go to school this is important stuff in life yeah. So my first year in Canada, I was 11 years old. I had already finished elementary school in Morocco, but because I was too young, I was 11 years old, so I couldn't get to high Wait, school straight. What is, uh, what's, you finish elementary school at 11 in Morocco? And it's the same thing. Oh. And the same oh. thing as our elementary school being done. No, here I think you have to be 12 years old to, to integrate high school. And so I wasn't 12 years old yet when we got here. So they made me redo my last uh, elementary year. So that's what I, I went to Notre Dame de Neige. I did that one year at Notre Dame de Neige on Côte de Neige, like literally um, next to the Côte de Neige Metro. And then, then I went to high school uh, in uh, TMR, but I was living in NDG. At that time we had just moved to NDG I went to elementary school in TMR because I wanted to be with my friends. I had just met like cool friends from Canada and I didn't want to be separated from them. So I asked for like a special derogation to be transferred to TMR to Ville-Montréal because most of my friends were going there. So I went to, to TMR. That's where I met Mauricio. Ah. Me and Mauricio were in the same high school. Mauricio Peña. That's interesting. Shout out to him. I think he's listening to us. He, he uh, probably is. He's probably lurking somewhere and then he'll show up or 
He'll, he'll, he'll yeah. appear. He'll make sure his name appears in the video on the screen at some point. <laughs> yes, exactly. So that's it. I did high school in TMR, Ecole Secondaire Mont-Royal. And it was a great experience, honestly, because it's all about diversity. This school was crazy diversity, and I loved it. Those were like my first years in Canada and the best years, honestly. I was living in NDG. So I spent 10 years in NDG, so throughout high school, then started TJAP at Bois Boulogne. Um, then uh, I started working at a law firm. Anyway, like, no, <laughs> do I keep going? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it's up to you. I don't know what else you shared. I mean, the idea here is to paint the picture of yourself in a compelling way so that people yeah. understand your story. It's hard for me to know all the super significant parts. Usually, like, the high school stuff is, like, I don't know. Like, I know you get into dancing at some point. When does that Ooh. start in your life? So dancing, well, before we get to dancing, I'm just going to finish quickly. Cool. So uh, I, I was living in NDG, as I said, and then I started. So what well, I wanted what to do, study? you know, I studied the science humaine profilement. So I have like an international profile where I want to, I've always had like big human values. So humanity, human rights, social, social justice, um, climate justice are all values that talk to me that I love. And I've always wanted to like be, you know, in the United Nations. I wanted to do something in that area. But, you know, you plan and life chooses. <laughs> That's how it is. So you can plan as much as you want, but life has a plan for you or God or whatever you believe in, destiny, whatever. Um, and so I, uh, I started working um, at a law firm as a paralegal back in 2011. And uh, it went really well, and, and, and I stayed there. So I, I did my CJEP, then I started working. Um, I, I was, the plan was to go to university right away, but then life happens. So I had to put that on the side for, for, the, for a little while and started working. And it really, you know, I started having more experience in the legal field. That was in 2011 as a paralegal. And then uh, the boss that I, that I had back in the days, who is still my boss today, decided to go on his own and to start his own law firm. And... He's a very successful lawyer, very busy lawyer, and he needed someone um, who could follow, you know, who wouldn't take things personally, you know, how like the legal legal world it could be very harsh sometimes, and it's not for everyone. But you have to be able to like put your, <laughs> you have to be able, you have to be tough, you know. I, 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 I don't know, someone was asking about my age because apparently I look young, but, you know, you have to have it in you. Uh, to have a strong personality, to be tough. And so I think that he saw that in me and asked me to be his office manager for the new law firm that he started on his own with his partner. I'm sorry, with his partner six years ago. So I started managing that law firm and this is where we are today. Like actually now, <laughs> I'm still at the office. Fair, like what does an office manager at a law firm do? Well, everything. <laughs> Um, I, when we started, it was just the three of us. I was the plumber, the receptionist, the uh, handyman, the everything, the paralegal, the, uh, you know, I, I did, um, I do uh, les comptes payables, comptes um HR, anything that has to do with the office. The only thing that I don't do is go in front of a judge and teach. That's the only thing that I don't do. But <laughs> everything else, 
I do. So everything that has to do with HR, uh, accounting, um, dealing with the suppliers, paying them, you know, uh, invoicing the clients, everything. That's fair. That sounds like you have a lot of experience and a lot of fields to get, you know, stuff moving if you need to get things moving. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, seriously, I think uh, that helped me a lot. And it's good to, you know, um, do a lot of things. And that's where uh, dancing uh, comes in play. So because we were just starting the law firm, and also actually I, I, I skipped a few uh, parts of my life, but I also owned a business in Côte I had a cafe in Côte Where? Uh, it was right on Gatineau and Lacombe. You know La Maisonnée? Sort of. Like in front of it. <laughs> it's like the downtown of Côte So yeah. I used to own a cafe there and uh, it lasted two years. It was a great experience, but um, I was only 25 years old, you know, and like you don't know exactly. You're naive and you're very innocent at that age and you think that everyone is nice and everyone everyone wants good things for you you know so that i mean it didn't go well at the end but it was still a great experience i have great i had great clients that are still my friends right now and um so that was a good experience and so i was managing uh my cafe i had my cafe at that time managing the law firm that we were just starting so everything to set up when you start a law firm from scratch. So you have to call the suppliers to tell them, hey, we're a new law firm. And, you know, you have to have credibility. They don't know you. So you have to establish all of that, you know, before you have to have employees. Because, as I said, the lawyers that I went to start the law firm with is very successful. So all of his clients followed him. So we still had a lot of business going on, even though it was just the three of us. All the clients followed us, so we had to really start hiring really quickly, more junior lawyers, more legal assistants, a receptionist, all of that. So I was doing the hiring. I was doing the paralegal work. I was doing everything, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was a lot of work, plus the cafe that I was managing wasn't going very well. You know, managing the cafe is everything, paying the employees, make sure, like, go do the groceries for the cafe after my day at work. And, Anyways, it was a very, very stressful period of my life, and I needed something. <laughs> you think <laughs> I needed something um, to to like just you know release my stress and release you know you know end with my day, let's say. And so I started dancing. I know I've always wanted to 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 dance. I've always loved Latin music, and it's also because you know how Morocco and Spain are very close. Um, Morocco is the top yeah. of Africa and Spain is like the bottom of Europe and there's only like 14 kilometers of water between us and uh, so our cultures are very very similar in fact north of Morocco I'm not from north of Morocco but north of, of Morocco they speak Spanish like it's their second language it's like English or French here so we have it's very we have like a common culture and I don't know, I've always been close to Spanish culture or Latin, like Hispanic in general. And so every time I would listen or like hear use a song, a Latin song or a Spanish song, I would like want to dance. And so I decided to just do it. You know, I took a first class uh, and I never stopped since then. That was in uh, September 2016. <laughs> and now it's been five years I, and I do competition. I 
have like a coach who's dedicated. <laughs> and I it, actually we're preparing now our new choreography and that we're going to perform in two weeks in the Canada Salsa Congress in Toronto. Oh, say where? So like there's like a whole circuit of contests for that, like competitive dancing and. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I even went to Miami for the World Salsa Summit to compete uh, in like beginner levels because I was just starting. But it's a whole, it's it's another world, you know. It's a it's a huge community. Montreal is one of the biggest like cities that is known for dancing. In fact, my coach is a six-time world champion. Her name is Paulina, and the current champions of the world are from Montreal, Adriano and Samantha. So, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Montreal is a big, big, big platform for Latin dance. I'm actually going to compete with Adriano in Toronto in two weeks. So wish me luck. <laughs> so cool. Good luck. I hope you win that. Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah, there's a lot going on right now. A lot. Between the campaign, the dancing, and the office. So how do you, you get from a position of, like, uh, all of the dancing office managing life to like now you're running for office and politics and all that stuff. So most of the people who react to my posts about politics and municipal like elections and stuff, they're like, I don't know, it just feels natural to see you in that position. Like, it, I'm not surprised, you know? So people who know me um, always see me in things that are completely different, but I always need like a project, something new. It's like, I don't like routine. And, but, but like, c'est pas un hasard la politique, because as I said, I have, my values are very um, focused on human, on, on the human development, right? So I studied, I said that I, before that I put a pause on my studies, but then I picked it up again and I did study university studies in um, coopération internationale, right? And that's all about how us, you know, occidental. Uh, how can we help um, other countries, like the third world countries, as we call them, how can we help them? Because in some way, they're not in the situations, um, often unfortunate situations that they are in, just like that. It's because there's a history behind. There are things that happened in history that made them in this position. And are we somewhat responsible us like the rich countries for that situation you know so we have to stop being that that's what i learned in that in that uh, in those studies it's like we have to stop being condescending with these countries and we have to stop like thinking that we're better than them and and bringing our culture from like the developed countries which is good it's a good culture but they have their own culture like our way is not better than theirs just because we're more developed you know what i mean even like i even think that sometimes we could have like family values a bit more of family values that we can learn yeah, from actually people. that one is big for me uh i went to pakistan with work in uh 2013 and um i spent a month there and it made me realize that like <clears throat> There is no family unit structure that I have encountered in Canada outside mm -hmm. of maybe recent immigrations or that like that circuit where it's like people born here and who are like multi-generation here 
do not have family connections like you see there yeah. where it's like normal for like almost what you were describing when you were young, like 15, 20 people just rolling everywhere, even more than that. And I was like going to like, because I went with my colleague who had family out where we were going. It was just like that was a blessing because we went to like the local village where his family was at and we saw like all this and it'd be it's normal to have like four families living in a place just because the economics of the situation enforced that but then you also see this sincere desire in everybody to sacrifice for the greater good within the family unit and that was something that i hadn't really encountered much of in my life until i actually saw it in pakistan which is not like i guess something people would expect but it really just connects i think with what you're saying it's great because it's it's, it's a matter of community i mean it's I, I get it i get it that you have to put limits you know like your family for example like you know my parents tend to want to have opinions about my life about everything you know what i mean <laughs> but that's for me to put limits but if someone needs me, not just my family, I'm going to be there for them. I, I, I'm going to, to sacrifice everything that I have for them to be better. And these are values that I learned in, in Morocco. These are values that I am so happy uh, that I kept, you know? Um, so so that's, that's what I mean when I say there are things that we can learn from these countries. And this is a great example of values that we can take from them because it's great to be all developed and have all these like great things happening in like uh, North America and Europe and it's amazing but the real values to me are more important are the real wealth so I guess what would be the difference between real values and imaginary values then because I'm super curious well, it's not imaginary values. It's superficial values. Okay. So here you can wake up in the morning, tired of your car, you go to the dealership and you get a car. It's not something that you can do in Morocco. So it is going to give you a, a momentary happiness. You know, you're going to be, oh, I have a new car. Yay, that's cool. But then after you're going to get tired of it. And then you go home and you have nobody to call. Nobody who calls to ask for you. Like, these are the real values. When you, you're a good person, when you have good values, you attract people. You don't need to make an effort. You know what I mean? And this, for me, is way more important than, like, superficial, you know, um, just for appearances and just to show that you are someone or you have things. Fair. So you're yeah. into, like the substance of human connection over the materialistic pursuits of capitalistic goals. Of course, exactly. You said it well. <laughs> My English is not as developed as yours. <laughs> That's fair. We also work with a bunch of lawyers. You're probably exposed to more real money than most people are. Yeah. Like, real money doesn't act and behave like the same way. When I say real money, I'm talking like millionaire types. Yeah. Yeah. I, I... I see it, and I, I've had the opportunity to be a lawyer. I mean, I've 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 been exposed to to the field for ten years, but I'm happy with what I have. You know what I mean? I I don't need the prestige of the position of being called a lawyer to be happy in order to feel satisfaction or to feel that I've accomplished something with my life. I'm very happy of what I've done so far. You know. And I see so many people who not to talk about the community. Most people are happy with what they do in my environment. I'm not talking about my <laughs> immediate environment, but oh, I see in the observations in life. 
it's observations that I've that I've done in the past 10 years that I'm, for example, I'm just talking about what I know. In the legal field, people, it's the second, first of all, after dentists, lawyers is, being a lawyer is the second profession and most depressed. And that's sad. It's really sad because you have all this prestige, you have all this money, but you don't have time to enjoy that money. You don't have time to see your family. You don't have time to see your kids. So it's all about, about choices in life. What do you want? What, what is the most important when you, the day you die, and like I'm touching wood, <laughs> what are you gonna, <laughs> I'm very superstitious, but the day you die, are you gonna be like, oh, I've accomplished important things in this life. I've had a good impact in life. I'm happy and satisfied with the life that I, that I lived. I can go in peace. This is my goal in life. And that's why I'm going in politics. This was the right move for me when Mauricio talked to me and told me, oh, we need someone in Côte d'Ange and you're, you could fit. You, you are the perfect candidate. Like you've had a business in Côte d'Ange, you studied in Côte d'Ange, you live in Côte d'Ange, and you know the community. You, you'd you be the perfect person, the perfect candidate. I'm like, you know what, Mauricio? I've been talk, I've been thinking about my impact in the society for the past two months. I, I'm so proud. Like this law firm is my baby. I will. I just want to. I'm just gonna say this for the record. This law firm is legit my baby. Okay, I've created it for me. It's really important. I'm always, always gonna be here for for this law firm. Whatever, even if I'm not officially working here, I will always be here to support whatever they need. Okay, just want to say this for the record, and it's very sincere. But. I feel like I need to have a bigger impact on society. What can I do for my community? You know, mm -hmm. what, what is my impact? What am I doing? Like I studied human development. I studied human rights, l'éducation à la citoyenneté mondiale. This was my last class that I took last semester. And actually it's really funny because my teacher just, my teacher is like the best teacher I've ever had in my life. It's someone who like inspires you without making any effort. You know, that kind of people. He just texted me like, wait, but interview to tell me congratulations I saw that you were running and like if if I was I'm not saying that to promote myself but he re really I could show you the text he said if I was in the neighborhood I would vote for you but he just told me like it's exactly what I see you doing you know I've known you and in my classes I can show you that too okay we had to do a work from my last class we had to do like a, 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 a travail and and analyze analyze like you know a certain cost concepts regarding the, the subject of the class which is economy education à la citoyenneté mondiale and what what it means is that it's not because we were lucky enough to to be born in a country such as Canada like a, a rich country like Canada that we don't have a responsibility towards the whole planet and the whole the other countries who were not lucky enough to be born in, in, in a poor country, no one, no like, no one chooses where they're they're born. They're born, so there there should be like equal, like a universal, um, I don't know, a universal, the droit universel pour tout le monde. Equal or universal rights for everyone. For everyone, parce que c'est trop arbitraire. It's not fair, and this is this should be universal. So this is just an example of, of, of one of the concepts, but it's what, what we do here or the little actions that each one of us does on a daily basis has an impact on other people in other countries that will ne you will probably never meet, but it has an impact 
on the whole planet. So this is the new way of thinking, thinking about everyone as like a community, like a, a, a citizenship, a worldwide citizenship, not just I'm Canadian, I'm Moroccan, I'm Sri Lankan, I'm, you know what I mean? Think globally, act locally. That's the idea. And I think that we we really have to start going towards that thinking. No, that's really cool. Um, I mean, I'm with you. I'm like, yo, this is definitely a more millennial approach to stuff. I'm like, you sound like the articles that I read about millennial complaints. <laughs> I'm like, say a word. You care about things. I'm like, but um, it's just like, okay, so how does that like translate into like local political situations? Okay, so uh, for example, for, for companies, Political, I'm, I told you, I'm not really a politician, but I'm going to use my knowledge to benefit the political world, you know. So to me, politics sounds negative. <laughs> not it's to me, definitely but... earned a negative reputation. I think like I, I, I like to use the word community. What can you do for your community? That I like. So for my opinion, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's such a political move. <laughs> That's the most politician thing ever. You're like, politics is not good. Let's rebrand that with a little spin. So it, I'm like, it's oh, amazing. You'll fit right in. <laughs> so, um, so what what can we do? It's just you know, I'm I'm not here to. Yeah, we're here to talk politics. But okay, so social housing, for example, is a big big subject. It's it's something that is so big. You know especially in a neighborhood like Côte d'Inesh, where 14% of immigrants go straight to Côte d'Inesh, just because it's like a happy neighborhood. It's a neighborhood where everything is closed and like the hospitals, everything that you need. So it, we need social housing there. And there's nothing. There's like a statue quo. There's nothing happening. Yeah, blocage sur les projets. What is happening? What, why don't we have improvement? Why is it like frozen? What are these people doing? Qu'est-ce qu'ils font les élus? Right. You know, and when you try, I try to look, you know, uh, online projects, like what's going on? Why is it like, is there blocus? Um, and there's no information. Like I would have to call like the elected person in Côte d'Inej and ask her like, what are you doing? Allo. Right? So, and these things should be transparent. Like you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be have so much trouble uh, to, to find this kind of information right so these are things that i i would like to work on a lot social housing is like my friend oh super uh it's definitely in line with like the party as i understand that that was like one of their main issues that's fair enough um so like i I think it's it's cool that you like distinguish yourself like you're not necessarily a politician you're just here to like try to make a difference and an impact with it um but with that though it is kind of important to see, like, I guess, how you bring that into the political sphere, given what the job kind of is with that. Um, outside of, like, I guess, the, the like, housing issues, as you've gone through it, what are some of the important things to quote Dinesh? I don't know. I'm not as familiar with – I've learned that every district almost has its own little sub-issues that they care mm-hmm. about. I'm assuming people care about parks in, in Cote because they care about parks everywhere. But like, what are some of like the stuff that's like hot topics for the people of Cote d'Ivoire that really is worth knowing about? 
Well, I think in code, I, I think what I'd like to do, Codinage is like the second uh, most quartier le plus multiculturel in Montreal and Canada even. C'est le, le quartier où il y a le plus de langues parlées aussi. So, c'est très important de, je, je pense que um, donner accès à, à la langue française, like it is important for these people to speak French or English or both. Idéalement, ideally, it would be good for them to speak both languages. And a lot of people, they just come here, they find like, you know, the le, le boucher is Arab, they don't need to speak French or English. Uh, they go to a supermarket, like it's, it's very convenient. So, Hmm? I mean, I never thought about it like that, but I did notice that immigration tends to flow certain cultures all to the same neighborhood. So I guess it creates a dynamic. Oh, wait, I can just speak Romanian in the store. So I'm just going to run the Romanian and I'm not going to bother with English or French. Exactly. I don't, I don't need to make the effort. And that's a problem because then they don't have access to good, good employment. They're just going to work like you know, in a, at that same butcher or like at that same like little business where they don't need to make effort and then they're live en marge de la société. And that's not what we want because these people are smart. These people have uh, abilities that they can uh, they can use within the society and like participate in the um, development de la société. But they don't do because they stay in their comfort zone. And so we need to stop doing that. Mettre les gens en ghetto. That's what it's called, genre, laisser les gens vivre en, en communauté. C'est bon, it, it is a good thing, but also, it has, like, c'est un couteau à double tranchant, dans le sens où il faut intégrer ces gens-là. Um, donc, ça, j'aimerais travailler là-dessus, peut-être faciliter l'accès au français, à l'anglais, et, et je donne l'importance au français autant qu'à l'anglais. Because me, if I wanted to work, I wouldn't be able to work in a law firm if I didn't have English, you know? Like you see that I have to switch to French sometimes just because French is my first language after Arabic, but I have to, because there are some technical words that I'm not as comfortable saying in, in English as much as in French, but I can function, fully function in both languages. So I think that's a minimum for everyone to be able to have access to good employment. Yeah. I definitely think it's advantageous to be able to speak. <laughs> well. Why were you smiling? <laughs> what? You were smiling when I said that. Well, I mean, I go through that with French. I go through like the, I, they make me do tech demos in French. I'm like, I don't know all the computer stuff in French. Like every computer yeah. term has a weird French word for it. It's not like direct translations and stuff. It's I'm like, not. that's me not. neither. So it's like, you just end up, you know, speaking whatever language, but also like, I just think it's like an interesting idea. Like uh, to summarize the French parts of that was like, Everybody's mad multicultural, mad, my diverse, super French, but they are kind of in this double-edged sword situation where the multiculturalism is creating a dynamic where people don't want to integrate. Yeah, exactly. Uh, how do you? It, it's, actually, it's both. So how do you approach that? Well, how do I approach that? Is to give access to, like, for example, free uh, French classes. There's a program that I saw that some um, students from University of Montreal would go to restaurants actually in Kodinej, uh, like Shish Kebab and another one like a Filipino restaurant down the, down the hill. And they would give the owner a class of French, a French class, because they don't even speak, like the business owner himself doesn't speak French well. They, they obviously speak English, but they don't speak French, for example. And so you have like, there's a, prog a program that exists 
where students from University of Montreal go for like an hour to each business and they give them a class for an hour in French. That's kind of a good, so so that exists, but it has nothing to do with the city. It's like a program with the university. So maybe make this program something that is, you know, free, first of all, for everyone and that everyone could have access to. Um, another way could be like, could think of so many ideas, so many programs, but the idea, the, the main thing is, is the idea. Can the city no. launch programs? Because when I talked to all the other people, they all like kind of deflected to, well, all these programs exist and I can guide people to them. So, I mean, is the city like able to actually, like, I guess, create a program or is it more like the best role for the city and this is to organize existing programs? But what, what they can certainly do is fund those programs. They can delegate the organizations mm. to local okay. community centers but at least fund them because the main problem, as we know, is the funding. No, that makes sense. And then yeah. you get some level of discretionary budgets and all that stuff and all that. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing that I would like to work on is make sports available to, to everyone, you know? Like if, uh, if, if like someone wants, like kids want to play um, hockey, you know, just involve kids in sports at a young age, start them young with sports, with dancing, with any culture or cultural or artistic activity that they feel like doing, because it is expensive. I see my brother with his kids, like a karate class and karate, blah, 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 all of that stuff. It is expensive. I, I, I think that not a lot of people are able to, to, or if you live like in a neighborhood with social housing, the HLM, you're not gonna have enough money to, to, to put your kids in those classes. It should be it should be um, free for all kids. That way, they don't they, they don't stay in the streets. So instead of funding the police, maybe invest on the long term in these kids. Right. From a young age. And you're not going to see the results right away, of course, obviously. But at least you know they're they're busy doing sports. They're busy doing something. You know. They don't have like time to, to stay in the streets and like to meet perhaps bad people. Right. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I guess in the same way, it would be just a matter of finding the right programs and delegating funds towards that and enhancing whatever exists. I mean, the, the problem is not the ideas. There are a lot of ideas. And young people have a lot of millennials, <laughs> have a lot of good ideas have a lot of let's give gen z their credit because gen z's got way better ideas yeah. true. True, true, true true yeah but <laughs> i mean let's start with the millennials we'll talk about <laughs> <after>. <laughs> uh, yeah uh, millennials have good ideas too i've just been thoroughly fucking impressed by like 18 year olds coming up with ideas that I i'm like i should have thought of that myself but i didn't because I'm in they make us feel so now. old. <laughs> I know. They make us feel old. I know. It's, it's what it is. TikTok made me feel old, actually. When yeah. I got to like, when I got to the video editor step, I'm like, I don't know how to think of TikToks. And then I'm watching everybody do it, and I'm like, no, nah, I'm out. I'm out. This is it. This is the new phase of life. <laughs> I'm just gonna accept it and go on. <laughs> yeah, I'll find young people. That's the new move. Young people can. <laughs> be creative like that for me and then i'll work with young people <laughs> to have better ideas no for real you're right i feel the same way 
But I mean, I appreciate a lot of what you're saying. But then you still have to like deal with this old guard. Because from what I understood, Christian Arsenal was the only person like under the age of like 50 something that's like elected or something like that. And now he's not really there anymore. So now there's nobody under the age of old really in there right now. So, I mean, how does one like integrate into that system and like get them to care? And I don't mean that like in the worst way, but I have worked with people 20, 30 years older than me. And I've come to see that that's a real concern. <laughs> it is not the same mentality. It's not the same values. It's not the same way of doing things. Everything is different, you know? And I think that's exactly what the city needs. A fresh air, you know, like a, we're, we're tired of the old, you know, les procédés, les vieux procédés, the old way of doing things. You know, there are new ideas. Like you, now we need to let, not young people. I don't mean to say young people this way, like, oh, I'm young, you're old. But that's what, not what I mean. But there are new, des idées innovatrices. They are very, very good and very effective. And that will uh, save you time, save you money, save you a lot of things. So why don't we give them a chance? And human being doesn't like change. And most most people do not like to change. They like to stick with what they know. Because you don't, like, you'd rather stick with something that you know than something that you don't know, but that might be very good. But also there's a risk that it's not good. Like, we don't know. Right. So you, you never take the risk and you always stick with what you know. But that's wrong. That's wrong. Because in order to advance, in order to keep moving forward, you need to take risks. And you need to trust people. No, I feel that. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of archaic bureaucracy. Like, I feel like, well, there's a lot of bureaucracy that gets in the way of things and it makes stuff inefficient. But like, what I understand of the city is there's a lot of that, a lot of positions, a lot of people, because then there's the non-elected side of the city that the elected side of the city has to work with. And then everybody has to be friends. So you're fighting legacy institutions and stuff. I'm like, that's wild. Like, it's like, but um, I think like one of the things that can make a huge impact from the politician side of it all is that level of communication and transparency with like the people out there. Do you have like any plans of leveraging social medias and stuff to kind of almost create that out, that like, I guess, information flow? Because a lot of the things seem to be like, People think nobody cares about what's going on in the city. And I'm convinced nobody cares because nobody tells anybody what's going on in the city. Because it's not popular. Municipal election, municipal life, everything has that happens. And it's crazy because it's the, the most important decisions for the citizen, for Monsieur, Madame, Tout le Monde, are taken in the municipal level. So it is very important that people get interested in the municipal life because that's where it happens for them. That's where the decisions get taken, the decisions that impact them the most. So it's really crazy that it's only, I don't know, like 35 or 36% of people who participate in municipal elections. And that's crazy. Well, and that's I why mean, I'm fine. Federal, Nietzsche had 35% of people vote in the federal election. So at least it's on par with the Canadian government. Yeah. yeah. I'm not saying that's a good thing. But, 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 to be honest, that was a fail. I mean, Big all fail. this money, all this time for Mark, the exact same thing. Four more years <laughs> of Mark Gallinal 
good. I, I have no love or hate to that guy. He's just there, and everybody seems He's to like there. him. I've never talked to him. Sometimes I hear people see him in the streets, so I know he's a real person. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I don't know anything about him. He's an astronaut. They're really big on that. Former astronaut Mark Garneau. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, fair yeah. enough. But uh -huh. like, like, yeah, would you, how do you fix that communication issue? Because I can tell you one thing. Somehow, the whole city cares about bike paths. I actually plan on leveraging the bike path war to my personal benefit by sensationalizing people because they're like that, so I may as well. And I'm very passionate about bike paths personally. I find it, like, to be fair, I'm not for superfluous bike paths, but I have to admit the bike path network at Atwater when you're trying to cross the scary you're going to die part is kind of lovely. It's lovely. <clears throat> There's a scary you're gonna die part there and now it's not yeah. <laughs> it's no longer scary You're gonna die. In fact, it's you can't fucking come here. Go there cyclist and I'm like, oh Okay, so like that managed to be a hot topic that captivated pretty much the whole city So how yeah. do you get garbage cans like that? I'm putting that on the all like y'all could be like with more flair and stuff like yo so, uh, Honestly, I'm all for bike paths, but not like let let's Let's calm down. Let's relax. I mean, we still have to, to, to coexist with everyone else, you know? So I don't know. I, I, I don't know how I feel about that, honestly. I know that a lot of people are pissed about it. Um, every time I talk to someone, they're like, oh, we can't. But like that's this so is so municipal, thing. though, right? Like, that's a yeah, hot municipal yeah. issue. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, most people won't. The ones who are, like, turned off from Valérie Plante, that's the main reason why they will not vote again for her, just because of bike paths. Like, for real, it's crazy, you know? And downtown. Let's be real. Those same people downtown, can't stand like, downtown Downtown, like, already the businesses are suffering. Why would you do that to them, you know? Most, like, it, that just killed them. That was the worst decision, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I mean, I, I don't have answers to everything, to be honest. It would be lying to you to say that I have answers to everything. I can't possibly think of everything. That's being tr me transparent. But what I know is that I'm a de very determined person. And when I start a project, I finish it. That's for real. That's for sure. I appreciate so, that. Yeah, that that's really something about me. And, and that's what people say, like, that's why people say, like, people who know me, who've known me for years, they always tell me, like, we're not even surprised. Like, <laughs> Rita, <laughs> always need something new, like something big. When it was dancing, it was the same reaction. Every time I need, like, a project to stimulate me, I, I can't. So, and when I do something, I do it passionately. So, I guess, um, how do you connect with the community? given your role and stuff like i mean that like literally because i'm watching like a lot of people are doing the walk around thing so i'm fascinated okay. by this process so how do you like tap in and get the good information you need to advocate and all that stuff well first of all i'm a very sociable person i talk to everyone i go walk my dog at the, pro at the park in front of my house every day so i talk to everyone most people know me already also i've uh, been a volunteer for like many associations for many years. Uh, so I, I'm pretty not well known, I don't want to say well known, but in the community, uh, people kind of know who I am. 
I've worked at the Pharma Pre for two years, like the 24 hours, Queen Mary and Cotenesh for two years. So, and I started the photo lab there when I was like 16 years old or 17 years old. So like I took the photos of everyone <laughs> on Cotenesh. Um, so, and yeah, the, the associations, I worked with uh, an association, ça s'appelait le Congrès Maghrébin au Québec. And the main goal of that association was to create a bridge between the community and the Société d'Accueil. So mainly the new people who, mm. who arrived here. And it was to show them, the main goal was to like show them where to get jobs, where to do everything, you know, just create a bridge between them. You know, because when you arrive here, shock culturel, you don't know what's happening, it's another world. So the main uh, goal of that association was to help them get access to like resources. So I did, I did that from 20, uh, 2009, I think to 2012. And then I joined, I joined another association that was really um, concentrated, focused on, on kids education. So we would do these ateliers de lecture uh, here in like for, for in Montreal, but we would also do actions outside Montreal, like um, um, ramasser des fonds uh, à travers des activités comme organiser un gala culturel, and the theme would be like a Moroccan wedding or like uh, anything, you know. Uh, Opération sonoire, when we still had the uh, you know les sonoires, les, les, like the the money, like les sous. Oh, pennies. Like the, right, right. Yes, when we still had that back in the days, what we would do is that we would ask everyone to bring like all their pennies and it was going to be gone anyway. And then we would convert it and have like a big sum and buy like uh, office supplies, not office supplies, maybe furniture scolaire pour des enfants qu'on a envoyé uh, au Maroc, you know, things like that. So just because of that, I know a lot of people in Côte d'Ineige. As you know, Côte d'Ineige is very uh, North African. There are a lot of people from North Africa. So I have a lot of contact with that community and also with all the others. Oh, I mean, that's pretty good because it gives you an advantage in terms of actually making moves and, and getting things done and even working around the system. <laughs> are you able to work around the system as a politician? Like, I don't know what the, all the rules are. I feel like you're stuck with bureaucracy. Yeah, this is my first experience in politics, so I, I, don't, Fair I don't even I imagine, like, from what I heard, it's like, yeah, it's harder, but doable. And so I'm not like, yeah, nobody knows when you, until you get there. As far as, like, other stuff that's probably worth just discussing, um, in terms of your green in ideas, like, do you have ideas for how to make Cotonage greener and leverage that situation? So... Ideas in particular, like a, a plan, a fixed plan with like bullet points and all that. No, to be no, honest, no. Not. But just general no. ideas. <clears throat> My values are very uh, développement durable. So uh, the main, also, also that's what I studied. You know what I mean? So how to make uh, everything. And my project in my last class was how to make my office here more uh, like eco-friendly. So. I installed a lot of things here at the office, you know, to, to, to make it uh, to make it more aligned with the development durable and with all of that stuff. So it is something that is very, very important for me. And it's something that we are going to work on. This morning, we had a press conference at the Montréal with the party. And the subject was the environment and how the party was going to, to, to act that way. And it is one of the top priorities. 
So it's housing, employment, and green space. How does the party going to deal with employment? I never thought about employment. That hasn't come up one time in any of these conversations. Yeah. Um, so, so we want to focus on the small businesses, especially after the pandemic. So we want to think of ways to help them relancer. Um, uh, to faire la relance économique avec eux, but not just like that because sometimes when when you do that, it's like you help in a promoter or someone who is not necessarily for the people. So we want to have an approach of économie sociale et solidaire. So you are a business, you are going to make profit, but not at the expense of the employee. You know what I mean? So to adopt uh, a mentality of win-win. So, for example, instead of being like a straight business with like the CEO making 3,000, uh, 300 times the, the salary of the, the, the first, like the, the, the entry level employee, you are going to reduce that to like maybe 28 times. And that makes you a bit more, you know, trying conscience social en tant que compagnie. Right. So basically, that's just an example. Well, it's not but even drastic, right? So you could then, in theory, encourage tax breaks and incentives for these people to like mm -hmm. pay themselves less, mm -hmm. which effectively gives the stockholders what they want. And this is the new the new way of thinking. L'économie sociale et solidaire est de plus en plus populaire because people start having a conscience sociale. You can't just keep living like this. There's there's going to be nowhere to live soon. <laughs> there's going to be no planet soon. You know, with everything that's happening, like we've already passed the date, the production, the I don't, I don't know how to how to say it, but the day where the resources of the earth, which are renewable in a year, are done. And every year that date gets closer and closer and closer. So where are we going? So we yeah, you need like who needs such a huge salary? What are you going to do with it? You know what I mean? I don't know how to answer that question because the truth is I don't have that huge salary and maybe yeah, I would either. have a much better answer for you if I made that money. I'm going to be completely honest there. But at the current moment, I could fantasize what I would do with it. And I do think that if people are philanthropists with their world, I'm mad okay with rich people being philanthropists. But not everyone's a philanthropist. So it doesn't always like kind of work out like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, see, I have a distribution equitable. I'm not saying like an intense way, like equitable, equitable by the. But if everyone, each one of us would make an effort, especially rich people, there there would be no poverty in the world. Right. No, I hear what you're saying. And anyway, I, I can't go too deep on that topic, but uh, I definitely think there are a lot of rich people that are super happy to hoard some wealth right now. At times where you're like, say a word, that much liquid money's in your bank account on, on, oh, and you start like, it's not even the billionaires and stuff. Like this could go to the hundred thousand heirs and yeah. still be an applicable situation. Just to like throw that out there. I feel like if you're under 75K, you're probably not doing amazing in the world these days. <clears throat> 75K Canadian. USD might be better off. I don't know. Um. That's fair. Do you like know of any like particular things though that are like initiatives or ideas you could apply from a green perspective to Cotonage based off of what you've seen? Because even if you can't do it now, it's still like speaking it into the universe. Yeah, 
Yeah. So what I was thinking of doing is, uh, well, it's not necessarily green, but déjà les, les transports en commun, uh, notre objectif, c'est que ce soit uh, transport en commun vert, collectif. But I was thinking That's about... Like green uh, transport. Yeah. And I was thinking about uh, making it uh, free. Well, the party is already thinking about that, but I really want to apply it in Côte because it's full of students. It's in front of the University of Montreal and make it free for everyone who is under the age of 25. Because as you know, these people are, you know, like they usually they're students, they don't have huge budgets. So it's not, I'm not talking about, like we're not talking about green, but that's one of the things that I would like to implement. Like the big season stuff? No, like really work with work something to make it really free, like the bus transportation, bus and metro, make it free for people under the age of 25. That's one of the things that we want to do at the party. So, and that I really want to implement, like it would apply perfectly in Kodinesh just because it's full of students. I'm not going to lie, y'all, NDG cats. There's lots of students up in here too on this side of the fence. We got, we got schools is all I'm saying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that's a, that's a really interesting idea. I have no idea how it would work out, but it's an idea and I like a direction. Cause I understand like the idea is directions, right? Like you can't, you can't even know what you can do fully until you're in that situation. Until you're in position, but it's good to have like a plan and like a, a good idea of the values and the orientations. So given that like you're actually, cause you're part of the party, right? So how much do you like your personal platform mandate is like the party mandate and how much of it is you get to kind of run your own not like in terms of a campaign but like i, I talked to sue montgomery and she's pretty anti-party and was giving me all these business cases in a sense for how the party is a problem inherently within it so her main point is that like you're kind of forced to sign alongside party lines is that like something that you feel is a concern or how that would work out for you? Well, honestly, I didn't get into this party because I'm like, if I'm in this party, it's because all the, my ideas align perfectly with the ones of the party. Right. You know, it's a party where I feel like I'm not, I don't have, it's natural. I don't have to make an effort. I just, I just fit. And honestly, nobody tells you what to do just because everyone is there for the right reason. It's just okay. natural. You know what I mean? So f for real, nobody ever told me, oh, you can't say this. You can't say that. You can I, I'm just being a hundred percent myself. And I think that's, that is the, 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 the main force or like strength of, of this party. Right. That's cool. Um, yeah. As far as like the campaigning stuff goes, what, what kind of stuff do you want to do to like reach people? Because I think in a sense, this is where you get to have more like sway. What do you think are like good ideas that could get more, especially young people to care about the situation? Because mm -hmm. a lot of your ideas are going to require young people to vote. Yeah, of course. So what I'm doing this weekend on Saturday, I have an event that is called Salsa and Politics. <laughs> so we are going to dance. I'm going to do, I'm going to give a, a salsa class or a bachata class, basic steps, very beginning, beginner. I have a Facebook event for that. And I ask people to bring their kids because I want to make an event where people have fun. You know, I was at the um, event at uh, Giroir and remember when I met you and, you know, someone just put some a salsa song and uh, a, a guy in the crowd came with the, with one of the candidates 
like he heard the salsa and he knows that I, I dance. So he just invited me to dance. And it actually brought a lot of people. It attracted a lot of people because it's happy. It's, you know, it's, you're, 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 it's just good vibes, you know? So it, it attracts people. And then they get to ask you what is going on. And it happens just naturally. So I'm planning this event on Saturday. I'm going to give a salsa or bachata class or both. I'm going to have snacks for everyone. And it's just easy. Just like this interview, you know, good vibes. We talk about ourselves. It's authentic. It's natural. And, you know, I explain whatever I have to explain to people. And I don't really want to convince people. You know, I want them to, to, to like what they see. Right. And I think when you're natural, when you're yourself, when you're authentic, you don't have to worry that much on convincing people. Nah, it's all about putting. It's, it's, it's. I don't think the issue is ever really convincing people. It's always about exposure and finding the people. That's, That's usually the hard part because once you find the people that you just are yourself and they like you or they do not like you. And that's as simple as that. But then you got to like still put yourself in a position because like, I don't know. I saw a bunch of signs go up for the federal election and then they went down. And now there's a lot of signs for this election. And I'm just like, okay, what are the politicians going to do to go past signs on there really? Like, I mean, I've seen people in the parks. That's cool. But at the same time, if I wasn't doing this, I would still have no bloody idea what was happening. And the only but you reason, do, you do, yeah, yeah, it's true, it's true. You do door to door. You can find porte that is absolutely necessary because people are not gonna. First of all, they're not gonna go vote if you don't tell them to go vote, especially for municipal elections. You really have to like raise awareness with the young people. I'm just gonna give you an example. Yesterday, I went to Kushtar to get something from Kushtar and. Uh, and and the guy asked for my ID because he thought I was under 18 and I had the mask. And I'm like, that's such a huge compliment. Thank you so much. <laughs> and then he's, I'm like, well, you know, you didn't recognize me. My face is all over Kodinesh. Like, I'm Rita Ikhwan. Have you noticed like the, the, um, the posters, the signs for municipal elections, even though I lost seven? But, uh, <laughs> but he's like, Oh, I noticed, I noticed, not you, well, not me, but like he didn't make the link that it was me, probably because of this situation, but mm. he, obviously he noticed and that's, you know, I plugged it that way and I'm like, well, you know what, if you have more interest about politics and municipal elections, well, here's my card and here's, so you do this on a daily basis here and there, and then you do your porte porte and then you do. I have do a question about door to door and I thought about it. I live in an apartment building. There has never been a politician in my life that has come to my door. Oh, yeah. Well, not are you all allowed in buildings? Do you guys go in buildings? Nobody's coming yeah. to my building. I'm just, or, no. And I've been oh, working from home, right? So I promise this entire election campaign, I'm going to be here because <laughs> I don't go I'm anywhere. Go but um, <laughs> I don't, I'm not saying it, but like I realized that I've lived in apartments my whole life, and I don't think I've ever seen a politician show up at my door. For real? Me, it happened once, actually. It didn't happen really often. It happened once. Uh, and Temuan Jehovah also. Did you ever get that? Which one? Temuan Jehovah. Who? Which one? Temuan de Jehovah. How, how, how Jehovah's is it? Jehovah's Witnesses? Yeah. 
Uh, and my, those people used to come in the building, and then I'm, pre I'm pretty yeah, sure they got a stern talking to because they stopped going in buildings. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. I just I thought about the door-to-door -door thing because I'd say a lot of people are not able to receive the benefit of a lot of people's door-to-door -door campaigns. Yeah, I'm planning on doing it for sure, 100%, in all buildings of Kodinesh. But, like, the other side is, like, so outside of the door to doors and I guess the park events, which again, like even your Saturday thing, I'm like, oh, I can't do that. I'm not free Saturday at that time. So it's like, how do you, how do y'all, do y'all have plans to like leverage internet to create almost virtual-esque events that can, like, this is why I like this Twitch thing, right? Or whatever. It's live. People can show up if they want, but it's there after. Like, they did a, a federal debate, I think, for the NDG candidates, but they didn't have a way to record it, and they could only let 50 people in the room. I'm like, wait, so 50 humans get to get informed <laughs> on this debate situation, but nobody filmed it? Oh, that's weird. So it's yeah, almost dude. like, dude, I don't know. Do y'all have plans for, like, leveraging the online technology to, I guess, bridge that gap with the community more? I honestly use a lot of my social media. So I have everything. I have Instagram, I have Facebook, Twitter. I use it a lot. I use a lot of my stories. In fact, yesterday I posted a video and it went really, not really viral, but it was satisfa satisfactory to me. That was the goal. And I got a lot of support from it. And uh, I, I use it a lot. And, and it's very, very helpful, especially to reach the young people and the younger generations, as you said, because they don't know about they don't know about voting, especially not municipal elections. And if ever I win, look, I I, I want to win for sure, for sure. But if I don't, it's still going to be an amazing experience. And I'm super grateful whether I win or not. But in order to get them to, 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 to get out and vote, they need to know at least what's happening. So I post a lot about it. I post a lot about registering. Um, election, or make sure that like you're you're registered, you're like a, a, a voter um, on the list. Um, electors. So I post a lot about that, and I, I use I have a page, I have my personal page, I have my Instagram. So I use it a lot. I, I think that most of us do in, in the party, and I think it's one of our um, strengths. Same thought. I saw y'all made a TikTok where you did that sh dance. I don't know which dance it is. I was like, say a word. That looks like some Jagmeet Singh stuff if I ever saw it. We like Jagmeet, actually. We do a lot of things that similar. But it is, yeah, we did that at, at City Hall. It was really, really dope. I, I loved it. So that's what I like the most about the party. You know, we're easygoing. It's not like the conventional thing where, like, think straight like you, you have to like stay like this and you have to protocols for like we don't like protocols we just like to be ourselves we're not doing anything bad we want the good for the city and we are being ourselves and i think that people need that people are tired of like you know life is not about that no that's fair i i'm i just personally am i'm not that into like uh I don't care about parks. <laughs> I know it sounds wild, but like I would love it if there was. I don't know. What are the non-family? What would you like us to do? What would no, you like for real. Uh, I want to see like stuff for grown-ups that don't have children. Like everybody oh. talks a lot of whatever about 
okay, who has money to burn? It's people in their 30s with no kids. So everybody panders to like the lowest I don't R. Have money to burn. I don't have kids and I'm in my 30s. <laughs> but okay, I get Relatively it. speaking, you have money to burn compared to any parent version of you. I promise. You have luxuries in your life. They do not. They just don't. So if you really like look at the situation, like the the highest income pool is the most ignored for all the people trying to get more tax dollars at the situation for the neighborhood. Because it's mm -hmm. not like, yeah, parents and kids is going to do shit. But if you can get a bunch of adults to come on a regular basis and dump money into things, you get a lot of money. Yeah. And it's like, I don't, I'm like mad interested in events. You know, like the music scene is a huge passion of mine, venues, call it whatever. But like, honestly, the coolest thing I've seen in like my neighborhood was that Monklin festival thing where it was like, oh, say we're competing with downtown for a minute. That's dope. I don't have to go downtown or leave NEG to go to anything. I don't know about Cotonej. It might actually have more options. I don't really spend that much time in Cotonej. But for me, it's yeah. like cool i know what the parents care about i know what the kid friendly stuff is but i don't know where the adult stuff is and nobody's had an answer most times they deflect at that point and i'm like fair enough i i just assume that these aren't good voting topics because some of the issues might like piss off parents if you're like yeah i'm cool with the weed friendly space over there like you know like it creates a bit of a paradigm but like that that's where i think a lot of the issues is is like nine times out of ten it's like the family friendly events boring as shit <laughs> i don't want to like you guys say family friendly and i'm like oh i gotta be sober or at least pretend <laughs> i'm sober that's I not it. really it <laughs> you know like i get what you mean i get what you i'm taking notes <laughs> and i don't know that i ever seen a politician since i've been in my mid-20s in care that really gave a crap about non-parents and that are adults they care about students mm -hmm. for some reason but yeah. like they don't care about like regular office worker dude. That's just like... I know. I know what you mean. It's not. It's not because I made the choice to stay single that I have to be penalized because I don't have children. You know what I mean? I I get what you mean. There are no events. It's like the Sex in the City. Have you watched it? Yeah. So I... it's the same thing. You know where where like she's like not because I don't have kids. I don't have kids that I can't be celebrated. You know, like they celebrate moms and all that. Let's celebrate single women. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do. And I... It's like we're almost shamed because we're in the 30s. We're in our 30s and we don't have kids and we don't have a family. And like it's not real, a real life until you have kids and you're married. Or at least politicians don't care is my, my general feeling and i know that they care right it's the whole society and, and i know I that like they care but and it's and i get the social dynamics of how the optics of i've had people be like i wish i could smoke a joint with you in the park but like you know if i get a picture <laughs> taken with me and i'm like say a word i'm never running for office until that's cool <laughs> but like no i get what you mean I don't know. So it's hard for me to even like picture it because like it just feels like there is no room in the issues. Like honestly, affordable housing is a small concern for me. It's not my biggest concern. Um, and I and like a lot of these things, I mean, it's a small, it's a relatively small concern, but I'm also like, it's kind of like, that's such a big topic that I don't know how anyone on earth solves that problem. Canada as a country is failing that issue. It's it's a federal yeah. issue more than it's anything else. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. Um, but like with that, it's like, okay, 
so what about the cultural development of my neighborhood so like honestly my it's more fun like you know what the coolest thing i saw was when alex montenegro bootleg organized this like summer of events prior to covid at Trenholm park and it was like bootleg mixed movies in the park and it was like bootleg everything it was so amazing but like it didn't feel like this is some kid thing the whole way through it just felt like this stuff in the park come to the park and do stuff and i feel like that's it like to me there's a lack of like that adult shit in the neighborhood and it's almost like you can't even go in that direction because of city bylaws and i don't mean like four bars on sherbrooke that are all within walking distance of each other i mean like the rest of it you know like there is nothing to do in fielding nothing to do here honestly you don't even unless you go to a park that's like the only act that's why parks are so hot because there's nothing else to do yeah it's true totally agree with that and my only play for that to incentivize y'all is if y'all make it a cultural spot where other people that don't live here come here the businesses here make more money thus shifting blobbly blooblies and everybody's happier so i don't know how to accomplish those goals but it's just it feels like it's never really talked about except for this apparent venue that's getting made apparently they're making a venue in ndg Okay. Well, I think you mean like something like, you know, how Laval people, they never come to downtown just because they have everything in Laval. Like they have Centre Police yeah. and it's kind of your downtown and like there are things happening there. Like you actually dressed up and you go out in Laval, you know? Yeah, that like- kind of feel. People from Laval really don't come to Montreal unless they have to. No, because they have everything there. They have their downtown, they have the movies, they have, and it's actually a thing. And now discount also is a bit like that. Every time I go there, I'm like, damn. They don't need to come to Montreal. They don't need downtown. And downtown is a mess right now with all the construction. Even more like, mm. yeah, but I, I hear you. So you would like something like that for NDG or similar. Just things to do for adults. Yeah, like. I get it. I mean, I, don't... I feel the same way. <laughs> and I don't know. I would be like the most things. I mean, I know that stuff exists and I've talked to people and I'm like, I mean, I realize a lot of my wish list is pretty grandiose and not going to happen. But like, uh, in general, that's it. It's like a focus on creating a, like, how do you get these 22 year olds to be like hashtag NDG everywhere they go? Like, to me, that should be like the actual goal of like everybody because that generates, yo, imagine you had fucking kylie jenner taking pictures of the freaking kushtar now it's not a provisoire on madison with the our lady of grace mural or whatever like you know like how do you create that ecosystem that would be like litty stuff that would excite me and make young people give a crap about politics yeah good point but i don't know i don't know how to actually implement that because then you get to the rest of the world and etc that's why you need younger people who would be receptive to that elected yeah you know because it's all about priorities it's all about mentality priorities what for you makes sense you know and to me this this what you just said makes makes a lot of sense and maybe that like it's it's not because it's not about age but age has a lot to do with it you know we like to enjoy our our time right now It's, it's it's different yeah no I think that's uh, that would be the thing I care the most about. Otherwise, I mean, it's a lot of better snow removal and the regular stuff that people would all love where 
trust. I know that that's a can of worms and that nobody has answers. Everything in life, you need a bit of everything. You know, you need pleasure, you need serious stuff, you need a bit of everything. I feel that. Um, I don't don't know what else to ask about all that stuff. I feel like at this point, anything else would just go circular because we've reached that point where that's what you're going to be able to answer about things. But do you have anything else that you want to share with the people? Honestly, all I'd like to say is that um, I'm a a person, a very devoted person. Uh, I would love to serve my community. I would love to be there for my Kodanesh people and to be given a chance to show them all I can do for them. Um, And I I don't don't even want to say more than that. I I like to act. Actions speak louder than words. So if you guys want to give me a chance, just vote for me and you'll see. Sometimes you have to take risks in life. No, I definitely appreciate that. I don't think I can vote for you, so I don't really have no. a huge stake in the end. In, in but you can vote for my party. I can vote for, I think, Joel and... I don't, do, I, do we get to vote for the mayor of Montreal? Like, I really don't remember how municipal voting works. If, if there... Yeah, if the, like, if there's no candidates, you can vote for... Like, you vote for the mayor and you vote for the candidate in your, in your borough. Yeah. But the mayor of NDG or the mayor of Montreal? all of them all of the above fair enough yeah no that's definitely dope i appreciate you coming in i think it's a great conversation yeah thank you all to those that were watching i appreciate everybody here and for those of you watching it in the future definitely make sure to like comment subscribe all those good things that you're supposed to do Uh, Make sure to check out Rita's stuff so you can get a sense of where she's at and follow her on the socials and all that good stuff. Remember, elections in November, everybody. You'll live long and prosper, everybody. Thank you, Holden. (laughs) 